going to fight anymore. I'm also just a girl. Dying to float. Standing in front of a boy. Such a great audience. Come on, y'all talkers up in here. everyone, welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Josh, here with... Mella, Lacey, and Rashawn. How's it going, y'all? Oh, Happy hey. New Year! I would ask you guys what you've been watching, but that's what this episode is all about. Hey! <laughs> we spent the New Year's Eve episode talking about what's to come. Today, we're going to talk about what has been we're gonna recap 2020 it's been a hell, hell of a year, year for movies <laughs> <laughs> yes just the movies just nothing the movies else. nothing else we're gonna recap the year in movies as a whole and then our personal favorites as well uh it's not gonna be as in-depth as our decade episode obviously because we're just touching on one year and one year of movies that saw frequent pushbacks delays cancellations straight to streaming all of that but there were still quite a few worth talking about so before we get into the specifics how did you guys think 2020 went as a whole for movies i mean it was interesting i definitely missed having the classic go to the theater yeah and sit down and watch because i feel like that's a part of the movie going experience is sometimes that changes the way you see a movie when you see it in that dark theater you got your popcorn you got your coke you got your friends i feel like that's just a whole experience versus being at home which is also great but yeah yeah, i mean it was different it was nice because i mean all of the movies on my list we all saw at home so it was cool to kind of just get it right away and see one movie kind of almost right after another. You didn't have to like wait, but I guess the word would just be like, it was different this year. There's an energy to you catch the right movie theater with the right group of strangers. Like of course, superhero movies like Endgame, but like one of the last movies we saw in theaters before it shut down is all of us saw knives out together. Mm -hmm. And We we just, we hit that right mix of, of audience members where everyone was there to watch the movie. There wasn't anybody disrespectful. The jokes were landing. Mm-hmm. Everyone was having a good fucking time. Yeah. And I miss that. And I'm confident it'll be back. I will say though, <laughs> <laughs> Josh and I have literally the worst luck. The worst. When going to see a movie in the movie theater. So where I miss the experience, I don't miss <laughs> people i would love to go watch movies by ourselves in a big movie theater that has been really great as far as my movie watching and my appreciation for the films that i've watched this year i'm not it the experience isn't detracted from because of other people if you talk in a movie theater crowded or not your mom's a hoe (laughs) (laughs) period that is law sean yeah, I I miss going to the movie theater so much. And I do get what, Lacey, what you're saying, Lacey, but I love a packed movie theater. There's no better feeling than being with 
like your people and then like not a seat in the house is empty yeah endgame of course is amazing but any movie where everyone in the room is tapped in and on the mm-hmm. same wave same wavelength horror movies mm-hmm. hit that pretty Hell, well too yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like, and i think the last one that i saw was uh the invisible man with mel you oh, caught that in the theater we did yeah. yeah jelly i think the last one we saw was it chapter two mm-hmm. and we saw it like mm-hmm. uh, opening night midnight i mean i would go to the movies like i work one job in the morning i'd have like a few hours break before my second job and i would just go to the movie theater right around the corner from the bar and i'd just use my membership and see a- any movie yeah so i needed to come back <laughs> it's therapeutic it's so all right therapeutic. it is it is it is a form of of therapy especially like going by yourself and seeing mm-hmm. a movie that you want to watch i can't yeah. do it you, what? you can't really? solo no i, I have only been to one movie by myself i feel so lonely <laughs> watch like, the movie yes but i feel like i'm not saying that i'm like a talker in a movie but i want to have someone there so we can gab afterwards. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's that's not fair. Yeah. It's not the same. I mean, it it's cool when we've all seen the movie and we could talk about it later, but I want that instant gratification of after. Go so. sit next to a stranger. I might try that in 2021. <laughs> 2023, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, that won't go over so well in 2021. Yeah, maybe not. All right, enough of the sad stuff. Let's get to our favorites. When cinephiles, cinephiles. Cinephiles. When cinephiles attack. Before we started, we gathered our top five movies of the year. No specific genre, category, whatever. It's just what is your favorite movie? We wanted five of them. I'll go first. Starting off strong. My fifth favorite movie of the year, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Oh, okay. And he is alone in that (laughs) how can it move before I touch it from your point of view you caught it but from the bullet's point of view you dropped it but cause comes before effect no that's just the way we see time well what about free will that bullet wouldn't have moved if you hadn't put your hand there either way we run the tape you made it happen don't try to understand it feel it I'll address the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, I liked Tenet. Surprise, surprise! Sorry to this man. I know Christopher Nolan can't write women very well. Can't write the one woman in the film? No, Oop. he cannot. I know. There's there's three. Yeah, there's three. They are not characters. But... One of the, the two have names. <laughs> One's a soldier. What a high standard we have set. All right, no. continue. And I no, know... I'm sorry. I'm shitting on your movie. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. This is what this is for. Come on, baby. Girl, don't back off. <laughs> but I am a sucker for time jump movies and action films. And wouldn't you know it, Christopher Nolan is too. And this movie started off being a super bummer. I did not like it. But once it all kind of clicked, I kind of I kind of was a sucker for it. So you said this in the group chat. Yeah. That it, it clicked for you. Yeah. Can you share with the class? <laughs> What click? What click? The plot line, the through line. Once you figured out, spoiler alert, I mean, 
I can't say this without it being a spoiler. Yeah, just do it. Oh, sure. Skip ahead like a minute if you don't want Tenet spoiled. <laughs> okay. I got I got a minute. Once you figure out that Robert Pattinson has been new the whole time, that he's been two steps ahead of the game and you and it clicks that you see him solving issues before they become issues or in real time. And then specifically when they revisit the airport, it all kind of gels that they make a passing comment about how, oh, well, if we're still here, that means we're successful. That's when I knew this has been a long time jump because not it's not just back and forth in the movie. It's mm-hmm. back and forth through this man's life. And once you figure that out, it's just a fun action movie. Was that a minute? Yeah. I'm not going to shit on your movie. I'm not going to shit on your choice. No, do it. Do it. I'm the host. No, you explained all that, and I didn't get that, so I can't really poke holes in it. You didn't get that? Not that I didn't Oh, like you didn't get that feeling? He didn't didn't, get that appreciation. I didn't get what he just said. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. I enjoyed it. I think it's a fun action movie. I think when it comes to writing it's one of christopher nolan's it's one of his weaker films both in dialogue and exposition and women but damn it i loved that final act sorry all right who's don't next? be sorry don't be sorry yeah yeah no that was a rhetorical sorry i'm not sorry <laughs> <laughs> um i'll go this movie was actually recommended to me by rashawn my number five movie is relic directed by natalie erica james it's a generational horror-esque film, and I'm a sucker for anything that has to do with family. The story follows a grandma, a mother, a daughter, and this haunting slash entity that is impacting not just their relationships, but their home and their lives. It's just for rent, I believe. I watched it on Vudu. Um, I believe it's available for rent on Amazon Prime. I don't even remember you watching that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one. It's really, it's... Is it like scary scary or is it like a thriller? It's a thriller, I think. There there are a few spooky moments, um, but it's more about the relationship between the women and the family. And I I love that. The minute I finished, I was like, well, Lacey has to watch this. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. (laughs) It also kind of made me see how much of an impact Hereditary has had. Mm. Oh, yeah. This has Hereditary all over it. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure if it was made at at the same time or after, but there's a lot of movies going forward that are like the impact of Hereditary is is crazy. Yeah. Uh, My number five movie is Kajillionaire directed by Miranda July, who is not someone I'm super familiar with. Um, I think I've seen... Lacey geeked out when you first said Miranda. I know, yeah. I saw your face. I had no idea that she'd written a movie. I, I All through college, I ate her poetry books up. Like, ate them oh. up. I think this is like um, her, fir- her fourth movie. I had no idea and now i'm gonna go geek out by myself and watch them all <laughs> can i come yeah, come yeah. <laughs> but uh Kajillionaire is about a family of grifters uh richard jenkins deborah winger and oh, evan shit. rachel wood oh shit doing just this crazy insane performance that i really loved and then they cross paths with a character played by gina rodriguez and things change a lot of movies go for this weird offbeat tone 
and aren't successful with it. But I think everything that this movie does and all the actors in the movie do, they earn. And there's, I'll probably talk about atmosphere and tone a lot with my list. And this is one of those movies that maintains it and earns it. The score is amazing. The final shot is amazing. Yeah, I was I was a huge fan of this. I hadn't even heard of it. It's quiet. I think it was very quiet. So Where is it? I rented it. So it was video on demand. Say less. Oh, you got that money. Well, I know what Lacey's watching tomorrow. Yeah. 100%. I'm, I'm very excited to hear what you think, Lacey. It's also a beautifully surprising queer love story. Oh, which so, we need more of. So yes. Let's go. No. And mine is The Hunt, directed by Craig Zobel. God, that was this year. Yeah, exactly. That's like, there's, when, I, when we were putting this together, I was like, that was this year, huh? <laughs> um, damn, 2020 has been long as hell. Yeah, pack of lights, please. Coming right up. You want to fill her up? I don't have a car. Oh, he, he walked over. Oh. Everything okay? I lost my wallet. Oh. oh. For um, emergencies. You want some matches with that? Yeah. A little sweaty. What state is this? Sorry. You don't understand the question? Oh, no, I didn't. Just. Most people know where they are. <laughs> Why ain't most people? It's all in the name, but it's 12 strangers wake up in this field. And too much to their surprise, they are getting hunted by other humans. Um, this is not something I would necessarily think I would put on a list because I'm not like the super like horror thriller action type of moviegoer, but I really dig this movie. It's a cute 90 minutes. They get we in. We love it. We love it. <laughs> we love that. They a get tight in. 90. Yeah, is what a I tight like to say. 90. Mwah. They get in. We have um, Betty Gilpin, who's the lead. She gets in. She's just kick ass. She does her shit. You see Hillary Swank. We get in. We get out. Boom. I loved it. Yeah. And I, I definitely, I saw it so early on in the year that I want to see it again because I remember watching it and just feeling like, oh, that's, I feel so That's one that had hella controversy, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it, it was supposed to come out, I think, like in September of... 2019 and then they pushed it to march um and then it just came out on amazon and that's where we watched it bet all right that was an eclectic bunch mm-hmm. <laughs> look at us all right who wants to kick it off at number four i'll go all right my number four movie is Pixar's soul with 2020 like you get your movie reviews on twitter mm-hmm. and Especially Black Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we love Black Twitter. So uh, this just came out on Christmas Day, and I was super nervous about it because there's a lot to be said about Black characters in animation and their screen time and the use of Black characters and, and going all the way back to, you know, Princess and the Frog. But about halfway through the movie, I wasn't sure how things were going. It's very weird, and, and the animation is kind of 
different. I fucking dug the animation, especially all the the Jerry's and Terry's, the Mm -hmm. line animation. It's the the great before the great before. Yes. And the score by um, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross is so good. And then towards the end of the movie, Pixar movies are always destined to make you cry. So I was ready for that. But this movie made me feel something that I just wasn't ready for. There's about three or four minutes towards the end where uh, a character sits at the piano and there's no dialogue and there's just shots of of New York City and people. And I don't want to spoil why that moment got to me, but it it just really, really did. And I I can't wait to watch this movie again because I know Mel wants to see it. Yeah, I, I absolutely adored Soul. It's it's up in the upper Pixar for me. There's a story about a fish that just wrecked me. Mm. Yeah, I, I loved Soul. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people, like you said, Pixar has been known to just kind of lock and load tears. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah. Soul was one of the first times they it it didn't seem like they were worried about making you cry instead of making you feel something. Mm-hmm. And, and you cried. This move, like this, is the movie we needed to round out 2020 because it's been such a hard year, emotionally, professionally, personally. Like it's just been a very hard year to look at the beauty in things. Yeah, and this movie put a really nice note on the end of the year for me. Yeah. I it loved felt it. Like a, like a soft nudge in the right yeah. direction mm-hmm. and there's a scene in the black barbershop which i Ugh. never thought a pixar that, movie would, that would, scene was i highly recommend soul if i hadn't looked it up i would not have known that was jamie fox really yeah. he does it, a great job yeah it does not sound like like he he could have just been jamie fox he could have just done his voice yeah but he's he's playing a character felicia rashad is really good it's just I I actually feel that way about all of the voice acting in mm-hmm. in this movie. I turned to Josh many times throughout, and I was like, "Wait, who is that? Wait, who yeah. is that?" Questlove, he's really right? good. so good. To be uh, Diggs, yeah. What's her name? Grandma from Moana as Terry. Terry, yeah, yeah. yeah Terry, the accountant. I'm I'm a huge fan of Soul. All right, Lacey, what's your number four? So I watched a lot of documentaries this year, and a lot of really great documentaries came out this year documentary that really stuck with me this year was athlete a which is about when the indianapolis star reporters broke the story about the usa gymnastics team that had been abused by larry nassar and the gymnasts that were affected by his abuse and how many women stayed quiet for so long because The institution made them be quiet and didn't support them. Um, And the courage and the triumph of being able to come out against their abuser and ultimately have him charged. I just wanted to call you. I am very nervous talking to you about it, but I think it would help bring justice to the people who have been affected by USA Gymnastics and their policies. This was the most explosive story in several years, yet it was coming out of a small little newsroom. 
Larry Nasser had been the team doctor for USA Gymnastics Women's Program for 29 years when we got these allegations about him. I was like, does he do this to you? She said, yeah, like he does it to me too. And I said, we need to call the authorities. Very triggering. DP, so said, um, no, no, no. have that in mind and in your heart before you watch it. Very sensitive material, um, but it's done really well. And it's very powerful. Shows the power that women have not just in speaking out, but in supporting other women, watching these incredible athletes redefine themselves in their profession. It's on Netflix right now, so it's nice. free free to watch, and it's um, it's very powerful. Uh, if you're not in that kind of mood, you could also watch my number four, which is a, a complete 180, and that <laughs> is the Hulu original movie, Palm Springs. Yeah! We love The Lonely Island. Andy Samberg, rom-com, Groundhog Day. What more could you want? Mella, your turn. Um, Mine is also Vibe. It's Host. Um, yes! This is just... Okay, this is 56 minutes long. It's all done on, on Zoom. It's a horror movie. They have six friends who want to do a seance over Zoom. First of all, what the fuck? No, never count me <laughs> never. in for that. Do not call me ever for that. But like my last movie, this movie gets even shorter. <laughs> you get in, you get out. You Was get it like spooked. a tight 80? It's 56 minutes. What? Yes, bitch. <laughs> it is so good. And the thing is, you're scared from the beginning to the end. And I watched this at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I was terrified screaming i was screaming i usually don't like scream in horror movies i've seen a lot i don't scream i just kind of like i giggle and then cover my eyes with my blanket and this one i was screaming and i think it's a lot of people have said like oh i don't really like jump scares whatever who cares it's a fucking horror movie there's gonna be some jump scares you're gonna have a good time it is what it is i totally recommend i saw this on shutter so here's my issue. So something like seances or Ouija boards or whatever. Right. Bring up old spirits, mm-hmm. maybe angry spirits. Yes. And we're assuming these spirits are formerly living beings that are now haunting this earthly plane, right? Yeah, or a demon. Uh-huh. Or a demon. Mm. I see. Yeah, can I get it? I don't like that we're talking about this. Yeah. So if I asked you to like do a Ouija board with us over Zoom, you'd say no? It's no, an absolute yes. no. Gosh, no. what the hell? No, because look, how are these, if they were, if if some bumfuck pilgrim is haunting Los Angeles in 2020, how do they know what Zoom is? How are they supposed to, whoever, it's it's only taken out one of us. That's what I'm saying. Why do, you, why do you have to be like this? <laughs> why do you have to do this? They brought a medium onto Zoom. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that they you, were all had a Ouija board. One of these girls felt like she was being haunted. Without giving uh, too much away, did more than just the haunted girl get affected by this ghost? Yes, girl. but see, there, yes. Was a, there was a skeptic in one of the six. Yes, And bitch. she got fucked up first. Well, how though? Because how did ghosts go through technology? They don't know how. They weren't going through nowhere. They were already sitting in the corner of the room, posted up, waiting to be, be awakened again. And this just happened to be the moment. Look, we got 56 minutes. Stay Sleeves go rolled sick, up. Get in, get out. Ghost pre-workout. <laughs> Drank. Bet. Let's haunt some Seance bitches. Seance commencing. 
I want to say that was probably the scariest movie I watched this year. Oh like, yeah, hands down. It shouts out to that me. team then for I'm assuming it's just a little they made it this year. Right. During once COVID. Hey, shouts out to them, dude. Yeah, once the quarantine started, they made it. Props, respect. All right. Number 3, yeah? All right. It in a in a turn of events, ladies and gentlemen, we have matching number 3s. Ooh. So we will go first. Lacey Letters and I, for life. That's what I'm talking about. That's <laughs> that's the legal contract we signed. Um, both Lacey and I have the same number three movie of the year. Lacey, would you like to do the honors? It's The Sound of Metal. Starring Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook, who Riz Ahmed is getting well-deserved accolades for this. But Olivia Cook too, man. She is so she is in Life Itself, which is one of Mel's and my favorite movies. And she is so underrated. And I feel like she's been so underused so yes, far. And I, agree. I feel like this is the the diving board for her. She like fucking this is, brings it in this movie. She's man. really good in this. Sound yeah, of Metal is recognize her. No. In the first scene, yeah. Sound of Metal is about a heavy metal drummer, recovering addict, who in the middle of a tour loses his hearing. And it's his struggles and battles with coming to terms with that and what that means for his life going forward. The supporting cast in this knocks it out of the park. It's an awards darling. It's a critical drama. Yeah, I loved every second of it. Literally every every minute of it. I I am a sucker for like an indie movie that has that like indie filter over it the whole yes. time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's something very comforting to me in that, but I also it's beautifully performed. It's so well written. And the deaf community is not highlighted in film nearly enough for how large the deaf community is. Mm-hmm. Um, so if movies like this can be a vessel for more deaf representation in film, then, I mean, let's go. Sound of Metal, Amazon Prime, check it out. The sound design is incredible. Oh, oh my God. God. There are things that I did not know about as someone who has never had to have any assistance with my hearing that this movie shines a light on. That's Check it out. Amazon Prime. Devastating watch. Yeah. Only when you're ready. Because yeah, <laughs> it's heavy. You're ready. <laughs> it's so worth it. I was just going to say, um, I have Riz on my star draft list, so I can't wait Shit. to win. Do you want to trade? <laughs> Hold up. Can we trade? We'll talk after. I'll trade you. We'll see. Do you want to trade Chadwick? No, wait, no. I want to keep Chadwick. We'll talk after. Yeah. That is a fool's trade. (laughs) I'm keeping Riz. Uh, So my number three is the 40-year-old version. Yes. Yes. I talked about this earlier this year as soon as I watched it. Um, I watched it on Netflix. Mm. This is um, written and directed by Rada Blank, who also stars in the film. 
Oh, it is so good. It is such a movie for an artist, no matter what, like whether you're an actor or a rapper or just any type of artist, I feel like you can connect to it. And of course, a non-artist too, but I feel like there's something so special for people who are in this type of industry. Um, and she does so well because I feel like we've all felt like her and what she's writing. And she talks about like having these hardships at 40 and not really having this voice and doesn't really know what she's doing as a writer or what she's doing in her love life or what even is going on. And I feel like even us at 30 or 20, we've all had that kind of like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> um, and this movie highlights that, but also kind of gives you that type of comfort. Like, okay, all right. Like I'm not the only one out here and it does it in such a real way. And there's like comedy to it that, you know, she's kind of like laughing at herself when we're laughing with her and we're kind of laughing at ourselves. Such a good flick. I totally recommend. I think it's so important too because that's not a narrative we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing the 18 to 25 year old uh-huh. booking the role or signing the book deal and everything's great. And like, that's not reality for 90% of us. Right. You know, uh-huh. we're all out here floundering and trying to figure ourselves out and to see that reflected in such a beautiful way Mm -hmm. it was so refreshing especially this year to see that and it's also all in black and white Mm -hmm. I didn't question why and sometimes you do you're just like you know what maybe there's not like a really big message behind it but I feel like because it was in black and white you got to focus on the message and the writing a lot better totally agree Michelle, what you got? Number three. My number three movie is a film called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. You uh, be picking these I know. obscure ones, which is good. I don't mean that as a bad thing, but it makes I me know. feel dumb. No, 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 Same. no, no. I also, there's a lack of horror films on my list, which is not right. So I this was actually the last movie that I watched before we got on the mic and it jumped all the way up to number three uh this movie is written directed and stars jim cummings and is about a small town in this snowy community that is seemingly falling victim to a string of murders that look like the work of a werewolf rashawn uh-huh. like winnie the pooh jim cummings no a different Aww. Jim Cummings. Oh my god. <laughs> Jim Cummings. I was about to be like, what? Going the through f- the snow, wrecking people. <laughs> so cute. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I see who you're talking about now. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Skinny white guy. Uh, so he's a he's the he's the deputy of this town. He's not the sheriff. His his father is played by Robert Forster. I think this is his actual final role before he passed away. And uh, he's not a great father. He's not a great deputy, and he's not also not a great person. He's an alcoholic, and he is trying to solve these brutal murders that are happening every night uh, that there's a full moon. The tone is played completely serious. The humor is pitch black and super dry, and 
I laughed so much at this movie. It just like hit that sweet spot of again tone and atmosphere. Comedy horror sometimes falls in one direction or another, and this just like stays on that razor's edge for ninety minutes, and it is so good. I I was just completely satisfied from start to finish. I've never seen Jim Cummings in anything else, but I'm a fan now. Where's it and at? You can rent this as well. <laughs> you really going for people's pocketbooks? This I episode, know. Huh? This one is uh, like five ninety nine. Not on Shutter. It's not on Shutter. This this was a rental, but it was so worth it. I knew I had been eyeing it for the longest time, and I knew that I wanted to watch it before I. It's good to know. It's actually funny because when I when you I looked it up while you were talking. I remember seeing a trailer and I specifically thought when I saw the trailer that this could be either child's play horror comedy or it could be like Thanksgiving horror comedy. Right. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's poking fun at those movies that where there's like a hard boiled detective who's down on his luck and he drinks too much and he just can't solve the case. And he's he's winking at you and he's completely just satirizing that entire type of film but he's never he's never like looking at the camera and being like you get it right like it's played completely straight but it is it's so funny if you have six books throw it at the wolf of snow hollow hell yeah it's so good all right y'all we're getting down to the wire (laughs) second favorite movie of the year Mello, why don't you start us off what you got so i actually saw this was my last movie i saw in theaters Oh, I shit. forgot, and it's Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. Mm. Horror? Yes, it's a horror. It's a thriller. Again, surprising for my list, but I'm so happy I saw this in the theater. Did Michelle write this I write list? Your list? <laughs> I know. Did we switch? Like, what's going on? I did see it with Rashani though, but I saw it in theater, and the first five to ten minutes of this movie, I think I was holding my breath the whole time, and when I finally like exhaled and was like, okay, I'm in this movie. Let's do it. It just like kept going to yeah. use a Josh phrase. Uh, all gas, no breaks. Is that right? all yeah. gas? No breaks. <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> yeah. And I fucking loved it. I feel like Elizabeth Moss, like she, I mean, she's always good, but in this movie, she played so just so many different, I can't even say characters or people, just like fucking emotions mm-hmm. where it's like you at one point weren't sure if she was lying, mm-hmm. like the trick was on you. Are we going to have a twist? Like you didn't know who to believe. And I was just eating it up the whole time. Something I think this movie does that I cannot commend enough. You never see the abuse that Elizabeth Moss's husband does. You just have to believe her. I wish we had gotten a chance to see this in theaters. This was Lacey and I's first sort of pandemic movie mm-hmm. that we, we watched it right when everything shut down. And I think it maybe would have, it's right up there. It's top 10 for me. It probably would have made the list had we seen it in theaters. Right. I I love that they did that in that movie. Right. There's, there's one scene in particular that was so good in the crowd at a restaurant. That Holy oh, shit. Yeah. I so can't imagine, dude. Oh, so good. Just the collective, oh, shit. Oh! <laughs> just, just volume. Just gasping, right. I also think, like, a big problem with 
classic horror movies and stories being remade and happening now, they're not adapted for the times. And I think Invisible Man does that really, really Mm -hmm. well with Uh explaining why he's invisible, how it works, but without any exposition. I just like it fits in 2020. I kind of expected to get that part and then just give us too much information. And you're like, well, damn. They killed it, but like, like you said, they're just like, well, he knows his shit. He's he he's a genius. Oh, okay, like that's all we needed. The addition of that suit adds that little twist they have at the end. Yes. That... All right, we got to move on. Invisible <laughs> Man, good choice for number two. Thank you. I'll go. We're not done with the documentaries. I talked about this ad nauseum <laughs> on a previous episode. Bringing it back up, my second favorite movie of the year was a documentary, Crazy Not Insane the exploration of the psychology of serial killers. I am an admitted armchair psychologist. I love, (laughs) I love trying to figure out what makes people tick, myself included. This movie, I still think about this movie, analyzing it, thinking about the scenes and the actual interviews you hear and see. I have now seen 22 serial killers. It's fascinated me. I think any one of us, myself included, could kill. Don't you ever wonder why you don't murder? We know that the most disturbed, the most psychotic, or the most brain-damaged killers do the most bizarre, grotesque, horrendous kinds of things. Courts are all far more curious about what the murderer did than about why they did it. wondering how someone could do that to someone else it appalled me and it fascinated me it's so fascinating and sad and kind of weirdly hopeful this woman's incredible everything she went through and and of course because she was the first in her field as a woman she had to overcome eight times as much as she should have she's fucking inspirational and kind of hilarious and it's co-narrated by laura dern that was a mic drop. Y'all can't see that, but he dropped yeah. his mic. <laughs> Anytime an unsolicited Laura Dern comes up, that's a mic drop. <laughs> My number two is a movie called Miss Juneteenth. Uh, I saw this at the start of quarantine. It was one of the first movies I just immediately rented as well. Again, sorry. I'm hitting up y'all's pockets. Damn. <laughs> I'm broke. But it's directed by uh, Channing Godfrey Peoples. And it's about a woman played by Nicole Bahari, single mother. She's in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, and she's a previous winner of a Miss Juneteenth pageant. And this movie is about her attempts to get her daughter to win the same pageant. Um, This is a very quiet, soulful, tender movie. And I got to the end of it and I just kind of like, shed a few silent tears just just from how beautiful it is there's no fuss there's no melodrama there's no bells and whistles it's just a movie about a woman doing her best she's just doing her best to do well by her child and that is just so beautiful to me Uh, especially a a movie about a black woman by a black woman Mm -hmm. she's just doing the best she can and if you have a chance, I think it's well worth your time. I feel like there's a there's an uptick in movies like that. Just like yeah. truly slice of life, not like 
slice of life, but also his parents died in a car crash. It's right. like, no, this is just a slice of life, and it's nice. And yeah, and and you finish the movie, and you you feel like you just got a peek into somebody's life that mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't have seen, but because you got to see it, you're you're just you're full. You're like your soul is really nourished. Yeah. If there was justice in this world, she would be. Her name would be called in April when the Oscars come up, but. I don't know if anyone saw this movie, if anyone will see this movie, but they're doing themselves a disservice if they don't. Miss Juneteenth? Miss Juneteenth. She's that good. She's incredible. Wow. Lacey? So this movie I just watched this week, and it was released earlier in 2020, and I kept putting it off because it had such horrible reviews, but I watched Come Away written by Marissa Kate Goodhill and directed by Brenda Chapman. It is a new origin story for Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan, starring Angelina Jolie and David Oyelowo and three adorable little kids, Kira Chansa, Jordan A. Nash, and Reese Yates. I think the reason this movie did not receive the attention that I think it should is because people were expecting something new and people were expecting a new twist or, you know, something different. And the reason that I loved it so much is because it stayed so true to the heart of Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. It's way more an ode to Peter Pan than Alice in Wonderland, but you get those wonderful, whimsical chestnuts here and there throughout the whole film. It's beautifully written. The cinematography in it is just stunning. It's a really special movie, especially if you like whimsy and fairy tales. I It really touched me, and it was a movie that I really needed. I needed it this year where's it at uh, it's for rent come on y'all oh you and Rashawn are just rich huh no but i i <laughs> wanted to watch this movie really bad <laughs> i'm using carmela's yeah. credit card oh <laughs> say less <laughs> all right y'all it's getting too nice oh no this isn't really a game but we don't have a game this episode so play like four seconds of the game theme song okay i want to play a game thank you okay so <laughs> Before we started, everyone thought of, we have not revealed this to one another, but everyone thought of their favorite performances of the year. We have two. We're going to separate them, Oscar style, male, female. (laughs) Mel's already laughing. She's nervous. I'm nervous as hell. So we're going to do a little different. Since I'm running the show, we're going to make things a little more confrontational. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. If you remember from our decade episode, we pitched our favorites of a certain thing then debated, and one was removed. We're going to do things a little different. We're going to all pitch our favorite performer, and then we're going to choose one, and three will be removed. So everyone pitches theirs, we duke it out, and then you vote for a performer, and you cannot vote for your own, obviously. Savvy? Does that make sense? Yeah. A little bit. I'm going to vote for myself. That is <laughs> not allowed. They will not be anonymous votes, if that's what you were thinking. Damn it. Let's, uh, let's start with the boys. Ooh, come on, boys. Let's do male performers first. Everyone seems so nervous, so I will go first. <laughs> My best performer of 2020, I will say of the films that I watched, but I'm pretty confident, Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Metal. It would be very easy to fall into a melodramatic 
performance. He shows frustration, specifically the emotion of frustration, more effectively than I think I've ever seen on screen. There are moments of levity later on that I don't want to give too much away, and there are moments of levity later on that land so perfectly, and he's so great with Olivia Cook. Their chemistry is phenomenal. Resumed, sound of metal. Who's next? <laughs> I'll go. Bella. It's going to be controversial, so I'll go. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really hard time with this one. She did. A really hard time with this one. But I'm going to go with Sasha Baron Cohen for Borat, the subsequent, subsequent movie film. Um, <laughs> I feel better about my pick then. What? No, I didn't choose to say one, but when when I say mine, you'll see why. Preach, Lacey, what do you got? Talk, tell us about it. Listen, the first Borat missed me. It did not land for me at all where I was in my life. Watching it this time around, again, I didn't necessarily guffaw out loud throughout it. Sasha Baron Cohen with this role is a masterclass in not just improv and comedy, but in performance. This man does not break. Chemistry with his co-star, Maria Bakalova. No one else could do this movie. No one else could do a performance like this. I, he is just, he is otherworldly in his talent and abilities. So, Sasha Baron Cohen. Let's go. I would like to go next. No, Rashawn, let's hear yours. <laughs> no! My pick is a little controversial as well, but I think this was one of two best male performances of the year, and my pick is Leslie Odom Jr. in Hamilton. Oh! I, I want to be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens. I want to be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens. I... Aaron Burr, period. Sir, you just grinning because that's your dream role, dog. <laughs> he is the narrator. He's the heart and soul. He is an actor, a singer, a dancer. The room where it happens is the moment of the show for me, and it's all because of Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, he also is playing Sam Cooke, but I haven't seen that movie, so I can't talk about it yet. <laughs> but as of right now, he is Aaron Burr. That sir. voice. That mm. voice. That's all I got to say. Mella, take us home. So my pick is Dan Stevens from Eurovision Song Contest, <laughs> The Story of Fire Saga. Oh my god! <laughs> Or should we vote now or vote? <laughs> okay, but wait. The thing is, maybe sell me, fucking sell me on this. The thing joke. is, the movie itself is silly and stupid and funny, but him in this role, he is fucking great. He is He's so funny, beautiful and kind, I handsome and rich. This is typically very winning combination. When we sing, I feel connection that is unique for me. If it helps, I can throw in Fabergé egg, personal submersible, pet tiger, 
I don't really care about that stuff. Mm, I know. Maybe a tiger. Can be arranged. So the thing is, I had never really seen him in a part like this before. He always plays kind of like serious and he played the beast, but we don't want to watch that again. But him in this like Russian, I don't know, pop star celebrity over the top. It, he is just so good that I'm like, yes, this guy is real. We, I don't know this guy, but this guy is incredibly real. He's so good. I, that's that's what I got. I, I'm not planning to win this round at all, but <laughs> I think he deserves to be right here. This is the opposite of where I expected this category <laughs> to go. <laughs> Me too. Honestly, I was like, I'm going to stick out. But then Lacey came in with Borat and I was like, I feel okay. <laughs> I feel loved. I feel, I feel, I feel seen. I feel seen. Does, it, does anyone want to ask any questions? Any follow-up questions? Are we ready to vote? I'm ready to vote. I'm ready to vote. Ready we'll to go vote. by how our character or how our actors were revealed. So remember, you cannot vote for yourself. All right? Yeah. Out of the choices given, <laughs> my vote is to Borat, Sasha Bear Cohen. Bullshit. Y'all are working together. Have you? I have. He played a character yes. inside a character inside a character at a rally where he was surrounded by guns. He was wearing a bulletproof vest in that scene. My man's a legend. Sasha Baron Cohen. Lacey? Well, now Rashawn's going to be mad because, listen, Leslie Odom is, like, really making me... It's okay. I didn't think I had a No, no, no. It's, It's like, really (laughs) making me stall because, man, he's brilliant in that movie, in that show. He's just brilliant. Um, You know who else was brilliant? But it was on my list. I fucking ate this movie up. I got to vote for Riz Ahmed. (laughs) Rashawn? Uh, I, this was also almost on my list, so I vote for Riz Ahmed. You Let's know, go. Dan Stevens? <laughs> I love no. Dan Stevens. He's so fun in that role. He's I I mean, I belly laughed through Eurovision. Sorry, <laughs> haters, but... <laughs> and Listen, he was part of that. He was part of the reason why, as well as Rachel. Rachel but... McAdams is in there doing her damn thing, so count me He's in. He's just having fun. He's having fun, but not against Riz. All right. Sorry. Mella. Oh, I'm voting for Leslie. Aw, thanks. <laughs> Split the vote. One for Sasha Bear Cohen, one for Leslie Odom Jr., and two for Riz Ahmed. The winner is me. The Shocker. best male performance of 2020 goes to Riz Ahmed. Congrats, Sound of Metal. Yeah. Check back at Oscar season. Actually, though, I think he's got a shot yeah. for this exact reason. He might split some votes. Now it's a big one. Best female performer category. Who would like to go first? Lacey. Lacey. So, Rashawn, you really made me stall because my best female performance for the year goes to Miss Philippa Sue. Wow. Eliza and Hamilton. Why did I make you stall? Because... I wanted to vote for it because Philippa's uh, in my side. Oh, I see. Yeah. Bringing a musical that was technically a Broadway show, not really a movie. I wasn't sure how you'd all feel about it, but I think it counts. I think more Broadway shows should be done like this. So Philippa Sue. Her performance is subtle and honest and authentic and heartbreaking and beautiful her voice is like an angel's 
I have watched it so many times, and every time she makes me cry when she comes out on stage with her little baby bump and sings that little inlet song to Hamilton of That Would Be Enough. Nella, what you got? <laughs> Are you just signing on the fly? Is that no, no. I know what it is, but <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to be confident. I chose... Margot Robbie from Birds of Prey. Hell yeah! Damn. Okay. Egg, bacon, American cheese, soft, toasted, buttered roll, just a gash of hot sauce. Not too much, Sal. Wanna taste that cheese? What a way to start my new life. <sighs> With the perfect egg sandwich. Mm. You're a lifesaver, Sal. I love you, baby. I'll go for the 75 cents, okay? I promise. That's all the money I got in the world, and it's so I just funny. think she is so fucking good. Like, in every movie that she's in, and for Suicide Squad to be total hot garbage, and then her do Birds of Prey, and it just be just 1,000% better, is really all her you guys know i'm not a comic book person but i feel like josh maybe chime in here i feel like she is a great harley quinn i'm just gonna let you let her ride you're on you're on a roll keep it going okay i think she's witty there is this kind of like sadness that she can tap into even in this role where she has like this kind of underlying psychopath but also you feel bad for her and she's cute and she's funny and you just want her to win. And I think she's so good because she can do all of that in one role. And this movie came out in the beginning of the year and I kind of forgot about it. And then as I was putting my list together, I'm like, no, she's going to be my number one. So yeah, that's shout out to Margaret Robbie. Hell yeah. Yeah. Rashawn. Um, I'm at a disadvantage, but I'm just going to go down in flames. Oh, no. <laughs> I already talked about this movie. Uh, and I think this is, for me, the hands down the best performance of the year. That's Nicole Bahari and Miss Juneteenth. She is, like I said, soulful, natural. There's no huge monologues. There's no screaming, fighting scenes. She's just completely lived in and wonderful and she should be a movie star and that's all i wouldn't be too worried you i i know me personally you convinced me at her performance with your synopsis alone mm-hmm. so you're still in it okay but i do have a question for you guys lacy you like female-led action movies right mm-hmm. Rashawn, you you like female-led drama i'm not movies, right? helping you just say a piece melod you like female-led like comedies yes i do you like females with jokes mm-hmm what if I told you I got a role with all three? Hmm. What if I told you it is the role of Andy, played by Charlize Theron in The Old Guard? Where is the comedy? What? <laughs> At the beginning. In The she's... Old Guard? Yes! Stretch, sir. 
quite stretched. At the beginning when she's palling around with her other immortals and when she's training Kiki Lane. Hello? I'm going to take off my Charlize fan club hat to tell you that you are stretching. Fine. Take out the comedy then. Okay. I'll still win. Listen, (laughs) she carries this fucking movie. The gravitas she brings to the role and the stillness, the age behind her eyes that you fucking believe she's immortal. All of the stunts that she does in the fight scenes and the absolute heartbreak when you realize what she's fighting for, who she's fighting for, her past, what she's trying to hold on to, and when she feels like it's all slipping away. It is a better performance than you need for an action movie like this. And because of it, it elevates this past just an action movie to a very, very good movie that happens to be filled with action. Let's place our votes. Lacey. Come back to me. Nope. You went first. You got to go first again. (laughs) I haven't seen Miss Juneteenth or Birds of Prey. I am sorry. Have you seen Suicide Squad? No. Oh. Oh. I tried. You don't have to, but uh, just skip Suicide Squad and go to Birds of Prey. I'm sorry, and I do really love the old guard, so my vote is for Charlize. Keep it rolling, keep it rolling, keep it rolling, Mel, what you got? I also vote for Charlize. What's good? Rashawn? I vote for Margot Robbie. Oh, thanks! No shit. Do not show this episode to Charlize. This is genuinely not me trying to... Split the vote, but I my vote was for Philippa Sue because I she I don't cry a lot in musicals, but Burn Oof. gets me. Oof. And and actually she gets me more at the end when she's talking about the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good God. So unless my let me just Josh shut up. The paper Move on. <laughs> He's so annoying. Just, Can I come quarantine with you guys? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I won again. Oh, you did. I did. I won both of them. And I'm hosting. It feels like my birthday. Oh, God. Well, celebrate now because you won't be speaking to us <laughs> when around. <laughs> okay. Now's the time you've all been waiting for our number one movies of the year. Let's end nice, everyone. Yes. He says because he won twice. Right. <laughs> I'm in a good mood. Don't ruin this for me. Josh, I feel like Who you should go? go first. Yeah, go first. I'll go first. My number one movie of 2020. Surprising no one. Let's keep it rolling. The Old Guard on Netflix. Okay. That's sweet. What is it, your boyfriend? <laughs> You're a child. An infant. Your mocking is thus infantile. He's not my boyfriend. This man is more to me than you can dream. He's the moon when I'm lost in darkness and warmth when I shiver in cold and his kiss still thrills me even after a millennium. His heart overflows with a kindness of which this world is not worthy of. I love this man beyond measure and reason. He's not my boyfriend. He's old and he's more incurable romantic. When I tell you I loved every second of this movie, start to finish, I w- literally would not change a thing about this movie. 
from the performances, obviously Charlize, but Joe and Nikki, the writing, I mean, uh, Greg Rucka, who wrote the graphic novel, writing the screenplay, keeping the core elements of what the old guard is through and through. Gina Prince-Bythewood's directing is phenomenal. I don't know what else to say about this movie, except it is, like I said before, it is the gold standard for action movies because it 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 surpasses what an action movie is. It becomes just a good film all around that features some fucking knockout action sequences. Sequel. Sequel's Sequel. already in the Sequel. works. Let's go. Old Guard Netflix. If you haven't watched it yet, your mom's a hoe. <laughs> so what? Who's next? feeling good <laughs> uh i'll go next so my number one is a uh, palm springs yeah yeah that josh mentioned before you think <laughs> the pain is real why can't you understand that it doesn't matter nothing matters right those are your words no pain matters what we do to other people matters being a source of terror is not fun okay it's not fulfilling I know this from experience. It doesn't matter that everything resets and people don't remember. We remember. We have to deal with the things that we do. Oh my God, cry me a river, Niles. You were never going to deal with him. I actually did you a favor, so fuck you. No, Sarah, fuck you. I mean, out of nowhere, you just start acting like a child, which, by the way, is how you got stuck in this shit to begin with. Ow! See? A child. Shut the fuck up over there! I got Yo, stuck in this I shit Yo, I love this movie. You. And I was actually just very pleasantly surprised because... I don't necessarily love the Groundhog Day. The trope. The trope. Yes, the trope. Um, so going into this, I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch it. It seems cute. And it was just so much more than that. I love that they kind of put a different spin on it. Yes, he woke up different day or every day, but it was different every single day. So it wasn't like you were watching the first 30 minutes and sitting there like, okay, I got it. What's going to happen? It just took off, and I feel like the chemistry between the two leads were phenomenal. I want oh to like God. just see a whole TV show or just a, a sequel with them. And Andy Samberg was looking good, so I have to throw <laughs> that in there too. I I thought I liked him without the gap or with the gap, and now I I still like him without the gap. So he got that grown man look. So I think the the brilliance of Palm Springs, I think, starting from an outsider's perspective. Andy Samberg's been in it. He's been doing this for 100 years. Right. And instead of following him, we follow someone new, which I think changes the formula so much that it makes it almost brand new. Right. And I love the message at the end, too. I love that, like, it's love. You know, it's mm-hmm. they found this connection and yes, they've experienced it together. Who knows what's going to happen on the other side? But like, it's it's about They're just taking a chance. Yeah. It's a good I one. It. It's a really good one. I am so excited to talk about this movie. My number one pick for 2020 movies was Wolf Walkers. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Father. I won't be here to protect you forever. I'm so afraid that one day you will end up in a cage. But I already am in the cage. Wolves! Wolves! 
written by Jerrica Cleland and Will Collins, directed by Tom Moore and Ross Stewart, who are the people behind Secret of the Kells and Song of the Sea. They're these Irish folklore animated movies, and Wolfwalkers is easily my favorite of all of them. It's about this young girl and her father who moved to this little Irish town in the hopes of clearing out the last wolf pack in the town. Um, and the little girl ends up befriending this little nymphish girl in the woods who is rumored to be able to transform into a wolf at night. It, the music in this movie, you guys, is so beautifully done. It's it's magic and whimsical and folkish and acoustic. I, I mean, it's just... It puts you right in in that space. It puts you right in that town with these people, in that forest with with the girls. It's so the animation style is so cool. Took me out of it at first because I was like, "Can I still see some of their sketch lines mm. in the animation?" And you totally can. But it didn't bother me. I was like, "That's so cool. You can tell it was hand drawn. Like that yeah, they left awesome. those, you know, little notes for us to see." It is so good. It's on Apple TV, right? It yeah, it's on Apple TV. So I'm gonna check it out. It's it's yeah. If you have an Apple TV subscription, it's free and it is worth the whole hour and forty two minutes. Rashawn, take us home. My number one movie of 2020 is a film called His House. Risen from the ocean. It has followed us here. What did it say? We don't belong here. So this is a British horror film. Uh, It's on Netflix right now. It's directed by Remy Weeks and stars uh, Sope Dirisu and it also stars Moonmi Masaku from Lovecraft Country. If you've Mm -hmm. seen it. She's so good. They play a Sudanese refugee couple and they take refuge in Britain. And they're in this halfway house that they've rented with the money that they have. And from there, it's pretty much, it seems like it's a traditional ghost story. And then you start to realize that there are other things going on. And I really don't want to spoil anything about it because that's kind of the the experience of watching it is realizing just how untraditional the haunting is that they're experiencing. Um, I was floored by this movie. I, th- I think on one level, it's completely terrifying. And there are some visuals in the movie that stuck with me long oh, after yeah. I watched it. But the thing that took it from just a good horror film to like a great film altogether, there's a moment towards the end when you realize a devastating secret about what the movie is actually about. There's no blood, there's no guts or ghosts or anything. And it is the most gut wrenching thing I've seen in a movie all year. And I I was just like sick to my stomach and it has nothing to do with any of the, the horror in the movie it's just completely human 
devastating raw moment. So if you have a chance, it's a sunny day and you're in a good mood, mm-hmm. <laughs> watch this. Yeah, it's just a, it's a beautiful, haunting movie that I think everyone should check out. And it's the only one on my list that's free. Yo, yay! Thank you. <laughs> Where is it at? It's on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, check it out. All right, y'all. We did it. Wow. We really did that. That was a 2020 recap. Any final words? Um, I do want to give a shout out to a few things that weren't on my list. Mm -hmm. Notably, Possessor is another horror film I I watched um, by Brandon Cronenberg, who's the son of David Cronenberg, if you've seen The Fly or Scanners. Uh, This is also a hard watch, so (laughs) tread carefully. It is gory and is difficult to get through, but also something that I watched and I cannot shake since I've seen it. And The Five Bloods, Spike Lee's The Five yes. Bloods, also on yep. Netflix. Yeah, shouts out to Trial the Chicago 7. That would be mine. My almost on the list. And shouts out to Chris Pine from Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Freaky. If you, if you have enough money after I've stripped you dry, rent Freaky. It's such a fun time. That's all. All right, y'all. Wrapping things up. Uh, seems like we come to the conclusion that 2020 survived the onslaught against the film industry and released some bangers. And that uh, I sure know how to pick oh performers. God. Oh, my goodness. So, that... <laughs> all right. Rashawn came up with a good idea. I know you've been missing our six degrees. So... Usually, we'd use our six degrees to connect this week's episodes to next. However, we're going to change it up. This time around, we're going to connect the two winners. So, cinephiles, who can find the fastest connection from Riz Ahmed to Charlize Theron? Not me being only able to think about Riz Ahmed's TV shows. Same. <laughs> Same. I think I've only seen one movie that he's been in. Olivia Cook it I is. I think you've seen two. Have I? Yes. Because I think we watched it together. Oh, I got it. Ah! Yeah, I did. Is Riz, just before you, because I want to be proud of myself, is there isn't Nightcrawler? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I had. Shit! Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could have been thinking about that this whole time. <laughs> All right, what is it? Uh, so Riz Ahmed is in Nightcrawler. <laughs> Fuck. With Rene Russo, who is in Thor with Idris Elba, who's in Prometheus with Charlize Theron. Nice. There, there we it is. go. 2020. Good riddance. He has. <laughs> Reclaimed his crown, ladies and gentlemen. (gasps) Welcome back. (laughs) That is it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment, rated us on Apple Podcasts. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you just want to show some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Josh, Mella, Lacey, and Rashawn. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching movies in 2020. Keeping the industry alive. Keeping the art form alive. 
keeping us alive. Ooh, ooh. Keeping us alive. Thanks for voting me Shut the winner. Up. We'll catch they you next week. They did no. not. <laughs> Anything else you want to get off your chest? No, I'm not dumb, I promise. <laughs> I'm not. I'm smart. Nobody thinks you're dumb. <laughs> Listeners. You just think you can't read. No, I'm just <laughs> um, that to me is Eliza, and I think she encapsulates it. Encap. Cap. Uh, <laughs> I think she encap. Why can't I say? It? I think she embodies no it perfectly. If, if you can't say it, bitch, I, no one can say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I think she encaps. Why can't? S no S H encapsulate. Encapsulate. Like I didn't even keep know it you going. If you want me to keep, I didn't even know you were going. saying it wrong. Like that's how I didn't know. I was like, no, she got it. Loud and proud, but you're wrong and strong. Uh, oh no. Okay. She encapsulates. <laughs> Can't do oh, it. Just do embody. She's I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> She embodies that perfectly. She, she doesn't encapsulate it? <laughs> Fuck you, Rashawn. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, if you keep all that in, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> He's only going to keep the end and you saying fuck you and people are going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> to Rashawn? Why does he do it? Thank you.